Welcome, everyone, to Dead Talk Live. I'm your host, Viz. I want to welcome all of our viewers from around the world. If you're joining us for the first time and want more information about our show, please visit our website at deadtalklive.com. Of course, visit all of our social and streaming networks, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitch, and Twitter. And if you're on YouTube right now, it'd be greatly appreciated if you guys hit the thumbs up button on this broadcast. If you guys want to explore all of our other streaming sites, please feel free to do so. It's really simple. All you got to do is go on and search for Dead Talk Live, and we will be right there, number one on the list. So I want to welcome some of you guys. We have Khaleesi with us, CC Wheezy is joining us. Andrew is with us. Welcome, Andrew from Ireland. Philip Thompson and uh, Colette, Lindsay are all with us on Facebook saying hello. Colette is from the UK. Lisa is with us. On the Instagram side, we have Reiner, Czar, the Lazy Artist is joining us. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I want to apologize for being 10 minutes late today. Uh, For the last week plus every waking moment where i have not been doing this show i have been working to uh redo our blog news section and it is finally up and running and i invite you guys to go ahead and check it out it's a brand new site uh under the name of dead talk news So go to deadtalknews.com. It's completely revamped. I have brought in a ton of new team members whose job is going to be to write blog articles. We have a backlog of interviews that we need to write about. We finished out 2020 with well over 30 interviews. Uh, and we have a backlog of them that need to be written about in articles. But Dead Talk News is not just going to be about our interviews. It's going to be about everything that's horror entertainment related. Uh, headlines, news, reviews, our recommendations. Uh, I really want to make it competitive uh, to some of the other horror sites out there. Because I go on these sites, and you see me, I bring the websites up here for you guys to see, and they're inundated with all these ads, and, you know, when you remove all that noise away, you might have maybe two or three paragraphs of an article, and that's it. The rest is just advertisements. And that's not how I want Dead Talk News to be. I don't want it to be full of fluff where you have to get through the first two paragraphs to get to what the headline was that you clicked on. There will be no clickbait. I guarantee you that. For those of you that have been watching me for a while, you know how much I hate clickbait. Clicking on an article where you expect to get some relevant information in regards to that headline. And when you get to the article, you finish it and there's nothing, nothing you did not already know. That is clickbait, my friends. It's a headline that is specifically designed 
to just, you can't resist the urge, but to click on it. And every time you do, you know, that website, well, you put money in their pockets. <laughs> That's the only way to put it. I hate that. I know a lot of you guys hate that. I read articles on here every night. I hate having to just muddle through all the fluff, all the pop-up ads, uh, everything, everything, everything. So please go ahead and check out deadtalknews.com. It is going to be directly linked off of Dead Talk Live, which is the main site. I am just expanding the Dead Talk brand beyond uh, this uh, talk show into print media as well to cover all of our bases and to spread the word and to share our opinions with the rest of the world. So just go ahead and check it out when you want. Uh, I do encourage you guys to sign up to the newsletter. And I know newsletters, I never sign up for them. I'll be quite honest with you, I don't. But like I just explained, our newsletters are basically going to be, if you sign up for it, you're going to get like upcoming guest announcements, okay? If you want to know who's going to be on our show as a special guest, sign up. All you got to do is put in your email address. It's not shared with anyone else. I give you my solemn vow that your information is not shared with anyone else besides Dead Talk. And... Uh, when we announce new guests, you will get that information if you miss a show directly to your inbox. So enough about that. If you guys want to check it out, like I said, the website is deadtalknews.com. So before we started today's show, I saw you guys were chatting about the movie Quarantine. And it appears that a lot of people, you guys have heard me talk about it quite a lot in the recent days. And it appears that quite a few of you have seen the movie and have fallen in love with it. And I'm very happy to hear that. Uh, just going over some of the comments, Khaleesi wrote, I have watched Quarantine, highly recommended. Now watching Quarantine 2. It has Mercedes Mens uh, Mason, who played Ophelia Salazar in Fear the Walking Dead. So we've been talking about quarantine. It's sort of the American version of a Spanish movie, which is also excellent, called Rec, R-E-C. Watch both of them. They're both amazing. They are very similar. Uh, quarantine stars Jennifer Carpenter, who was played Emily Rose in The Possession or The Exorcism of Emily Rose. Uh, great actress. She does a wonderful job in quarantine. So I'm glad that you guys got, uh, some of you got to watch it and reaffirming and hearing uh, how great it was. And I hope that those of you who have yet to watch it and have the means to watch it, that you do watch it. It's You're not going to be disappointed. Uh, CC Weezy writes, what about Quarantine LA? Anybody seen it? Shoot. You're talking about real life or a movie? Because <laughs> the entire state of California ain't doing so hot right now. Hell, the entire world ain't doing so hot right now. But California is a big red zone. 
uh, in this uh, coronavirus pandemic that we're still in the middle of, and it's getting worse every single day, it seems. Uh, every day you just turn on the news and it's not getting any better, guys. It is not getting any better. When will it get better? I have no freaking idea. No freaking idea. I have no idea if we're heading into a second lockdown or a third lockdown. I know each state has imposed their own lockdowns, but as far as a uh, a federal initiative coming from the CDC, uh, urging states to go into another lockdown, I have no idea. Uh, I have no idea. I know that the vaccine is out. My wife is a healthcare worker. Uh, she got the first vac. It, it comes the the vaccine that's being distributed in, in the United States is the Pfizer one. I know in the UK they're doing another brand, but here in the United States, uh, the Pfizer vaccine is what's being distributed initially. That's the one where you got to get uh, one shot, and then three weeks later you got to get a second shot. So my wife is in the healthcare industry, uh, and uh, she got vaccinated. She got the the vaccine like three days after it became public, the first shot, and she got her second shot two or days ago. And she is she's fine for the most part. Just like if you guys have ever gotten the flu shot. You might feel like fever-like symptoms for the first 24 hours. Uh, for those of you that have gotten the flu shot and have experienced that, that's what she's feeling. Other than that, uh, no major side effects to report. So for the people out there who are weary about the vaccine, and I got to admit, uh, I was a little weary about a medication being so fast-tracked through the system to get approval. But, you know, I can talk from personal experience. My wife's now had the full vaccination. She is experiencing just some body aches, no fever, uh, and feeling cruddy in the first 24 hours after the second shot. That's more than likely going to go away here. And uh, so it seems to be pretty safe. Uh you know, it's been three weeks and no major side effects to report. Now, of course, everybody's going to react differently. Uh, I'm just giving you what I know, what I've personally seen. I'm not going on any headlines or news articles. This is my own wife who has received the vaccination. As far as when the rest of us are going to receive a vaccination, pfft, I have no idea. <laughs> uh, from what I'm reading in the news is that all the states are, there's no guidance and they don't know, they don't have a plan uh, on how to distribute it to the people that are not going to be the first in line, which are the healthcare workers. After the healthcare workers, they, from what I'm reading, they have no freaking idea on how to go down the line and start giving this out to the general public. Uh, Lindsay Sparks writes, our lockdown started here in Canada tonight at 8 p.m. and is going to be like that for the next four weeks. Uh, 
Uh, Andrew writes, it's amazing that Dead Talk Live now streams to five platforms. That's right. I want to make it accessible to as many people as possible. And if we can add more networks, why not? Nothing to lose. And it's just expanding our reach. Some people prefer Facebook over YouTube. Some people prefer Instagram over YouTube. Uh, you know, the only bad thing I feel about our Instagram folks, and we have a lot, we have well over 108,000 followers on Instagram alone, is Instagram's refusal to allow lives to be shown in landscape mode. They only allow you in portrait mode. Uh, and I had, I'd spent the majority of the first seven, eight months of my broadcast, you know, configuring it just so it can work on Instagram. And it does for the most part, but I'm like, screw that. I have a whole screen here that I can utilize on all the other four platforms. Uh, and when I archive the live after it ends on Instagram, uh, as an IGTV video, luckily there, they allow you to flip your mobile device on its side and allow you to enjoy the whole screen. But it's just for those people uh, that are on Instagram watching it live that they can't flip their freaking device over to the side and enjoy the full picture. Uh, I, I get out. And then Instagram, that's just one of the things that makes Instagram such an oddball out. Instagram also is, out of all the streaming services, I use a restreaming service that allows me to simultaneously stream to all these different platforms. Instagram is the oddball out where I have to use a third-party software to include Instagram into these lives. Uh, that's why you know, the other people on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, and Twitter, you guys get to see each other's remarks and comments, which is great. The Instagram people, they don't because Instagram doesn't make their stream keys publicly available to be included in restreaming services such as the one that I use. So the Instagram people, and I apologize, uh, Instagram, for this, you guys don't get to see all the comments that are popping up on all the other four sites. Anyway, so let's get on to some news, okay? Uh, let's see what we have on tap for you guys for today. Sarah Paulson, who is a brilliant actress. A lot of us know her from American Horror Story, who is able to play. You can throw any kind of role uh, towards Sarah Paulson. And she will play it to perfection. She is a brilliant actress. She is in a new movie. Uh, actually came out now well over a month and a half ago. Called Run on Hulu. Uh, again, just another brilliant, brilliant performance by uh, Sarah Paulson. So what they're doing in this article, they're calling it Recasting American Horror Story. Every Sarah Paulson character and she has played a lot. Sarah Paulson is the staple of Ryan Murphy's talented American Horror Story cast, but who else could step in to her to fill her shoes and fill her character roles in a recasting? Uh, Paulson 
has had an incredible career in both movies and television since her role as Billy Dean Howard, a supporting role in season one, Murder House. Uh, God, I can't believe that it took them to the get to the American Horror Stories for her to really be discovered as such a brilliant actress. And those of you guys out there that have seen season one of American Horror Story called Murder House, which I love, by the way, I love that opening season. She had a very small role. She was basically one of Jessica Lange's friends who was a medium. Very small role. But right after that, in the second season of American Horror Story, they catapulted her, uh, which the second season of American Horror Story is called Asylum, into the lead role. And to many, including myself, Asylum, the second season of American Horror Story, is by far the best one in the anthology series. Uh, since then, she's been a part of eight of the current nine seasons of American Horror Story. She was not in last season's 1984, which was probably one of the big reasons why it was not such a good season to begin with. And the story was just, I don't think people just cared uh, revisiting the slasher flicks done American Horror Story style from the late 70s and early 80s, talking about Michael Myers and more to the point, Jason Voorhees regarding camp counselors getting killed. It just was nothing fresh, nothing unique. They didn't even really bring the American Horror Story twist like they normally do uh, and have done in prior seasons in 1984. But she is coming back. She is going to be in this new season of American Horror Story, so I have high expectations for that one. And also, C.C. Uh, Weezy mentions Kathy Bates. Kathy Bates was also not in 1984 as well. Uh, so anyway, it goes on to say uh, she has been confirmed to be returning for the show's 10th season. Damn, it's been 10... 10 years already, which is scheduled to release in 2021. Paulson has also collaborated with Murphy on other projects, including, including playing the titular nurse uh, Ratcheted in Netflix's 2020 original series Ratcheted. Now, that's a great series. Uh, it's a Netflix original. And, uh, you know, I don't want to categorize her because, like I said, she is capable of playing any kind of role you throw her away, but she really does have a knack of playing the villain. She makes for a scary villain, uh, no matter what that villain is. She can play it to perfection. Khaleesi writes that Coven is her favorite, Coven with the Witches. That's a great season on American Horror Story, I think Asylum is better. Uh, Colette also mentions Hotel. Hotel was scary. That was another great season. They've all been great. They've all been great, except I'm not a huge fan of the last one, 1984. Although Paulson did have a promising career before her days on American Horror Story, 
It was though the horror anthology series that she became a household name. While the well-rounded actress has worked outside of the horror genre with standout roles roles in series like Hulu's uh, Mrs. America and American Crime Story and major major movies like Ocean's 8, Glass, and 12 Years a Slave, even so, it's clear the horror genre is dear to Paulson and not just as an actress. And I would love to get Sarah Paulson on here as a guest. And trust me, we're trying. And we're gonna we're gonna keep on trying till we get Sarah Paulson as a guest right here on Dead Talk Live. Already she's placed her proverbial hat in the ring for directors on American Horror Stories upcoming spin-off series, American Horror Stories, which is set to launch on Hulu. Who knew about that? I did not hear about that. So they're coming up with a new spinoff, American Horror Stories, while the original is American Horror Story. Did not know that. Uh, This one is set to launch exclusively on Hulu. American Horror Story is airing on FX. That's a great pickup for FX. Because Paulson is so popular with fans and critics alike, and has turned several of the roles in various seasons of American Horror Story into award-winning ones, it's difficult to think of anyone else who could bring the same intensity and heart to the screen. However, there are several talented actors who could have stepped into Paulson's various roles during her tenure on American Horror Story. Here are the actors who would be best suited in Sarah Paulson's roles in American Horror Story recasting. Now, this ought to be interesting because, you know, of fans of any type of show, we become very attached to a character, an actor playing a character. Uh, And they used to do this a lot more in the past, where if an actor wanted to leave, they would replace that actor with another actor to play the same character. They have really shied away from that in recent years uh, because people don't like it. They don't like it. They don't see, they don't like seeing another actor playing a character that they've come to like on any type of show. So, I mean, for example, let's take The Walking Dead. Can you imagine... Melissa McBride saying, you know what, I just, I've had enough of The Walking Dead, I want to go do other stuff, but The Walking Dead producers and writers not writing the character of Carol off the show, but instead replacing her with a different actress. Now, how would you guys feel about that? I don't think a lot of you guys would be very uh, warm with that idea. In 2011, Aaliyah Shawcott was fresh off her roles in Whip It and The Runaways. The young actress not only bring, brings a natural charisma to every role she plays, but has proven that she can juggle comedy and drama seamlessly in tandem. Billy Dean Howard is a brassy, no 
nonsense medium who is friends with Constance Langdon, who's played by Jessica Lang, and acts as a sort of guide to the many spirits who occupy the Harmon family's new home, which she has named Murder House. They're talking about season one of American Horror Story. As Billy Dean, Shawcat could play expertly off Jessica Lang's Constance, casually chain-smoking cigarettes in Constance chick- uh, chicken kitchen for a chat with a cool-headed ease. This role would give Shawcat a prime opportunity to showcase her more serious side. And I, you know what? If you're talking about season one of American Horror Story and replacing Sarah Paulson with another actress, that's fine. Her role was very small. It was a it was an inconsequential role. So I don't think season one can even be included. But that's fine. Now, the next one is Brie Larson as Lana Winters. Now, we have seen Sarah Paulson throughout multiple seasons of American Horror Story portray this uh, reporter, Lana Winters. We first saw Lana Winters in uh, Asylum. Actually, Lana Winters played a big part. I'm not going to spoil it for you guys if you have yet to watch American Horror Story. But by the time of the end of the series, the season came, we find out that the character of Lana Winters, who is played by Sarah Paulson, uh, had a big effect and a big part to the story. And it was a twist that we don't find out till the end of the season. Now, Lana Winters is perhaps Paulson's most iconic American Horror Story character and served as a driving pulse of season two called Asylum, a hard-hitting journalist Based on the real-life Nellie Bly, Lana Winters is close is a closeted lesbian woman who is determined to find out the truth behind the going going ons at the Catholic-run Briarcliff Manor, an insane asylum. The season takes place during the 50s and the 60s, which makes aesthetic all the more important. But beyond that, Brie Larson would be the perfect fit for Lana Winters on numerous merits. While she might have become a household name after her turn as the title role of Captain Marvel, uh, Larson's heavy-hitting performance in 2015's Room is what gives her the right stuff for this character. I mean, you know, she was great as uh marvel uh i you know they're 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 trying to play hypotheticals here and i don't see how that's going to work out cc wheezy writes that's like when they switched the mom on the fresh prince of bel-air i remember that there was actually a lot of behind the scenes uh stuff going on that led to that change it was not all mutual let's just put it that way uh Khaleesi also writes yes and do, and does not like recasting anyone. Uh, so let's see, quickly go over if there are there any other notable mentions. Basically, we get the point. They can put any actress in her place. 
Uh, but it's not the same. It's not Sarah Paulson. And I don't think any Sarah Paulson character that we have seen, whether it be an American Horror Story or movies like Run, where she played the role and now they want us to imagine some other actress playing the role. There are a lot of talented actors and actresses out there. And if they were originally put in for the role, great. Them coming up with hypotheticals and, well, let's say Sarah Paulson was not in that role and let's put in actress whoever in that role. No, let's move on. The Walking Dead Season 6, Episode 3, Thank You, explores catastrophic failures. Thank You is another Walking Dead episode about failed plans. How many ways can things go wrong at once? Now, this is Season 6, Episode 3. As we've seen before, uh, let's see, some of the episode's tensions come from Heath. He comes to distrust Rick after overhearing some callous comments about potentially leaving people behind if necessary. However, thankfully, a sizable chunk of the problem simply involves managing the massive herd of walkers. And to refresh your guys' memories, the beginning of Season 6 of The Walking Dead has to do with the walkers in the quarry very close to Alexandria. And we see a lot of it done in flashbacks and Rick coming up with a plan. They knew that what was holding those walkers uh, from getting out of the quarries were like semi-trucks that were about to give way and those walkers would be released and they would be at the doors of Alexandria before you knew it. Now, Rick, uh, you know, foreseeing this happening, uh, comes up with this elaborate plan. And during the rehearsal of the plan, of course, everything goes sideways. They have to immediately act and put the plan into place because what they were preparing for happened during that rehearsal. And, of course, during that problem that they're dealing with right then and there, the wolves show up to instigate a massacre at Alexandria. However, thank... Okay, so where did I leave off? There we go. So how does that one do? At certain points, you would obviously want a hole in the herd, so to speak. And at other moments, you perhaps need them to be a congregated mass. Though in any case, you should never try to run towards it unless you want to be a walker hoards breakfast, lunch, or dinner. David, David's death. The Walking Dead is obviously still a drama, so when David gets bit in the shoulder, we are made to feel bad when Michonne cannot deliver a farewell note to his wife. Granted, a cynical viewer might debate what it hypothetically could take for a walker to bite through his collarbone rather than injure his shoulder, a bite, could any walker have the necessary pounds of pressure? Oh, come on. Now they're getting all scientific with pounds of pressure and crap. Uh, David reminds me of Tyrese, 
Obviously, Chad Coleman gave a stirring performance during Tyrese's final moments. While the whole episode is not dedicated to David's death, his sentiments could still bring a tear to a sensitive viewer's eye. It is somewhat in contrast to Abraham, though Michael Cudlitz did a great in depicting Abraham's forgiveness of Eugene. Why Alexandra isn't just a return to Woodbury? I partly understand some critics of The Walking Dead, with one of them being a summation of the show as cynical. The characters find a new location, battle some walkers, some people, then move on to the next place. I'm not ultra-defensive of the series, but it's a bit like blasting the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles for interacting with Shredder and Krang regularly. To some degree, you have to accept that this is what these characters' universes are like, right? Uh, And he's absolutely correct. By season six, the question was how events would shake up Rick, Glenn, Michonne, Rosita, Tara, Sasha, and the rest of them when they realize that they do not have enough manpower to complete Rick's plan. It's another source of compelling drama. In this case, the drama is more directly Walker-centric, which was perhaps a refreshing aspect of Season 6 compared to previous ones where Walkers were a little more on the back burner. Uh, Let's see what you guys are writing. Uh, Andrew writes, and then Alexandria ended up being surrounded by walkers. I love the opening in 6-5 with Rick running from the the herd towards Alexandria. Uh, Like I said, those damn wolves already came in and made a bad situation even worse. Uh, Granted, there are thematic crossovers with previous seasons, The Walking Dead Season 2 dealt with the issue of finding volunteers, metting out justice, and a walker horde swarming the farm by the end. Although we have to wonder how often Rick can potentially leave behind Carl or Judith rather than offering to stay behind to protect them and others. Still, Season 6 is about pitting Rick's experience against people who lacked such skills and who did not face such dangers. There's a largely new kind of interplay between those willing to do the unthinkable and those who never even pondered doing so before. So, yeah, Rick was in a hard spot. He did not trust the Alexandrians at all to defend themselves. Uh... So he basically, even though they were there, he was letting them in on the plan on how they were going to divert the walker herd from the quarry away from Alexandria. He gave all the important jobs to people in his own group. And that's understandable. He just did not trust the Alexandrians. He didn't believe for a second that they knew how to take care of themselves. And they didn't. They really did not know what life outside those walls was all about yet. Uh, Thank you is also interesting because it separates people again, with each acting to distract the herd of walkers in their own way. However, things go awry, of course, 
The only question is how many Tyrese-style deaths will they fit into each episode of the season? Ironically, had more people decided on staying behind to guard Alexandria, they would still have needed to fend off the wolf attack. As the episode winds down, some of the most dramatic situations face Glenn and Michonne, and they are once again pushed to their limit. Yes, they'll decide that it's best that they continue, but what about those around them? Nicholas ultimately decides to opt out, of course, while someone like Rick seems willing to shut off the debating part of their brain operating chiefly on basic survival instinct. Too bad Rick's instincts so often put him in precarious situations. What are your thoughts on the Walking Dead episode? Let us know in the comments. Get out. What can you say? I mean, you want to talk about a series of episodes where everything that can go wrong does go wrong. You're rehearsing a way, a plan to get thousands of walkers away from your doorstep. You have an attack by this vicious mob where all they care about is killing people. The wolves. That's all they care about. They want to kill you. And they don't want to kill you and destroy your brain to where you stay dead. Their mission is to kill you and completely repopulate the world entirely with the dead. Uh, except themselves. Which, of course, is the big question. What makes you so goddamn special that you get to live and carry out these executions? You know? We had the leader of the wolves on this show, Benedict Samuel, who played Owen. And he gave some great insight into the wolves' mentality. So if you guys want to watch that, go back and look at our epi- our interview with uh, Benedict Samuel, who played Owen, the leader of the wolves. That was a great interview. Just checking on the time here. Uh, there we go. Ads. So, you guys, uh, we're all missing Rick Grimes, right? Well... Netflix released a trailer for Andrew Lincoln's new movie. And let's see if we're able to play it. There are some pictures uh, of, uh, you know, our Rick Grimes, Andrew Lincoln. Uh, He is starting in a brand new Netflix film that is being released here very, very soon. Uh, Let's see if we can. I want to see if we can actually get this to play. So, I have not turned on the sound yet, because I want to get through this ad and see if we actually have the uh, trailer actually here. So, bear with me one second, and let's see if we can actually watch this trailer. Uh, Is this it? You see what I mean? This is perfect example of all the nonsense. Uh, all the nonsense you got to get through. Netflix has unveiled the first trailer for Penguin Bloom, a true story drama starring The Walking Dead's Andrew Lincoln. The upcoming film, which also stars Naomi Watts, will stream in North America, the United Kingdom, France, 
and select countries in Asia on January 27th. Based on Bradley Trevor's, Greaves, and Cameron Bloom's novel of the same name, Penguin Bloom tells a story of a mother, Sam Bloom, uh, whose life is changed forever after a holiday accident leaves her paralyzed. She and her family soon find solace in nursing an injured magpie back to health. Now, is the trailer anywhere here that is promised in the headline? Because look at the headline. First trailer for Walking Dead star Andrew Lincoln's new Netflix movie. And I can't seem to find it. So let me see if I can find it. Uh, because you know what? I am determined to find it. Because that is how much I hate clickbait. And I am going to spend a few minutes and find the trailer for Penguin Bloom. Because that clickbait pissed me off. <laughs> Let me see if I can find it. All right. Here we go. Let's see if this actually works. All right. Let me bring this back up. And let's watch it. Here's the trailer for Andrew Lincoln's new movie, Penguin Bloom, being released January 27th on Netflix. Oh, yeah, he's got the American accent. Is he using the American accent or the British? Oh, shit. I forgot to turn the sound on for you guys. All right, screw me. Let me start that over. My apologies. My apologies, guys. Let's start this over. Sorry about that. Here's the sound. It's the end of the week. Can you feel this? That's cool. Like a superpower. This isn't forever. You, you guys are good with the sound now? Yourself, who you were. There's the weight of the world on my shoulders. You're still you, Sam. Hello. Maybe you should have left it there. She needs a knife. Penguin. Wild bird. She doesn't want to be stuck inside, does she? Boys and I were struggling. You're struggling. Yes, it's all of us. 
I think it's using his British accent. Must be weird to have wings and not be able to fly. You seem a bit nervous. I'm in a wheelchair. Wouldn't you rather be in a kayak? What if something awful happens? Oh. We don't talk in what if. We yeah, live definitely. our life. Definitely brother. Sorry, I haven't been strong enough to help you through it, but I am. I'm your mum. Same mum. Turns out magpies mate for life. Totally monogamous. Well, maybe that explains why they're so miserable. <laughs> There you guys have it. There you guys have it. Uh, if you're looking for an Andrew Lincoln fix uh, in his British accent, in the beginning part of that trailer, when he was talking, I thought that might have been his uh, American accent, but I was wrong. Uh, but you can have it right there. Naomi Watts is another legend, putting those two together. We all know what kind of a brilliant actor Andrew is, and so is Naomi Watts. Khaleesi writes, can't wait to see that. Love story, looks great. Uh, you know, I, I like romantic movies. I like love movies, too. You guys will never guess what my favorite romance movie is. It's from the 90s. It stars Julia Roberts, and it's not Pretty Woman. If you guys can guess what my favorite uh, romance movie is from the 90s, I'll give you a hint. It stars Julia Roberts, and it's not Pretty Woman. So I'll be really impressed if you guys can figure that out. So in the little time that we have left today, we are going to be talking about erotic horror. Uh, Khaleesi writes Runaway Bride. No, no. Colette writes Dracula. No. Oh, mine's Dracula. Uh, okay. I mean, the uh, Gary Oldman Dracula with Winona Ryder. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, the tagline from that movie is love never dies. So a great movie. So erotic horror. Now, when you think of erotic horror, a lot of people, uh, at least when I was doing my research for tonight's show, Lindsay, you're right. Lindsay guessed it. Notting Hill. I really like the movie Notting Hill with Hugh Grant and Julia Roberts. I thought that was a great movie. I don't know if the, anyone else has seen it, but I really like it. I really, really, really like it. Uh, uh, going back to erotic horror, I was surprised when I was doing my research for tonight's show, and I'm trying to gather information of movies classified as erotic horror, Basically, the internet has a very uh, one-dimensional view of erotic horror. And it's basically just sex in movies. That is not how I define erotic horror. You know, whether it's erotic, homoerotic, it doesn't matter. Just uh, like Interview with a Vampire. That is a homoerotic and rice vampire horror story 
at its core. Okay, so here's a list, and it's not a great list because this list is basically movies that have a lot of sex in them. So I could not find the proper material. I mean, I have my my own uh, ideas of what I consider erotic horror, uh, but there's not a single person has written about it in a way that it's not just sex on the screen. Like, if you guys do a Google search and you just type in erotic horror, you know what the first movie, uh, erotic horror movie, you know what the first movie that's going to show up on your list is Jennifer's Body with Megan Fox. No, that's not erotic horror. It's not. I'm sorry. I like Megan Fox. Uh, You know, I liked her in the Transformers movies. I like Jennifer's body. But you got to admit, when it comes to Megan Fox in the Transformer movies, she was there for nothing more than just eye candy. I mean, I don't want to insult her, but you got to admit, her role did not serve any other purpose in those Transformer movies other than being eye candy. Anyway, let's go down this list of what is considered erotic horror. And a lot of these movies, I got to be straight up honest with you guys, I have never heard of them. Okay? Dreams of Darkness. Okay? Uh, film. Check out this title. Films confiscated from a French brothel. You can only imagine what that's all about. All right? Veronica. Never heard. These sounds. These sound like B movies. Uh, a Serbian film. And yeah, that's the title of the movie. A Serbian film. Uh, and it goes on to say, Milo's a retired porn star leads a normal family life trying to make ends meet, presented with the opportunity of a lifetime to financially support his family for the rest of their lives. Probably doing porn. Now, this next title, (laughs) Vampageddon. Vampageddon. And you have this vampire, if you guys can see the picture right there, you have a vampire-looking creature standing above three high school cheerleaders in their cheerleading outfits. And to no surprise, this just has a 2.5 rating on IMDb. Well, if you're going to name a movie Vampageddon, don't be surprised when you get a 2.5 rating on IMDb. See, more ads. Ah, Ammer. Lesbian Vampire Killers. That's right. And this one actually has a 5.2 rating. Now, I got to watch the trailer for Lesbian Vampire Killers. I got to see what this is about. Let's see if we can actually watch the trailer. Or if we're going to be brought into a site with a whole bunch of other nonsense. And here we go. Where is it? I clicked on it. Where is the damn trailer? Lesbian vampire killers. Okay, a nice picture here. 
don't see a trailer. Don't see it. Don't see it. Next movie on the list, In a Glass Cage. Still have not heard of a movie. The Addiction. The dark is their sunlight. What makes them different is what keeps them alive. And you notice that a lot of these movies, uh, when it comes to erotica and horror, are vampires. You know, pay attention. A lot of these movies are vampires. Vampire movies. The lore. Oh, God. I don't... Ugh. Is that a mermaid? She's a mermaid. She's a mermaid sitting on a bar stool. The Hallow. I think I might have heard of this one. Okay. Uh, the summary of family who moved into a remote mill house in Ireland finds themselves in a fight for survival with demonic creatures living in the woods. Okay, I think I've, I might have even seen this. It, the screenshot looks familiar. So what, after 10 plus movies that we have went through so far, this is the first one that sounds halfway decent. Next on the list is I Am a Hero. Anyway, you guys get the point. Uh, you know, you see what happens when you try to click on uh, a link to see a trailer good luck good luck you guys see the link right here right watch trailer let's see if we can open it into a new tab i'm determined to see where this damn trailer is you guys are looking at the same thing i am if you see it somewhere please point it out because I ain't seen any trailer. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Anyway. Uh, sorry about that. That's why I created that talk news. Because this is the kind of crap that bothers me. Uh, so I created my own news uh, website. You know? If I want horror news. And I don't want to scroll through all this junk and nonsense. And the title of this website is All Horror? Hell no. The title of this website should be All Ads. All Advertisements. <laughs> Want to welcome Barnes uh, with us on Instagram. Fernando is uh, with us on from Brazil. Welcome Fernando from Brazil. Anyway, guys, we are almost out of time for today. I apologize for all these uh, clickbait items that we had to deal with uh, tonight. Go check out our new news site where you won't see crap like that. It's called deadtalknews.com. It's directly linked off of our Dead Talk Live website. Uh, don't forget Tuesday we have Barbara Crampton. Uh, horror Scream Queen Legend is going to be joining us live as our special guest. That's uh, this coming Tuesday, January 12th. Uh, there'll be no Dead Talk Live tomorrow. We'll be back with you on Monday. I hope everyone enjoys the rest of your weekend. Please check us out on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitch, and Twitter. 
If you're on YouTube, please hit a thumbs up on this broadcast. If, uh, if you have yet to subscribe to us on YouTube, please go ahead and do so. I appreciate you guys every night tuning in. Stay safe. Again, have a safe weekend. And until Monday, stay walking. Good night, everyone, and enjoy the rest of your weekend.